Hello, may I welcome you to episode 53 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest began his career within the industry in 2016 at the tender age of 23. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end with a funny moving story regarding hired vans. My guest this episode is Adam Sinclair, Managing Director of Sterling Sinclair Removals. Enjoy. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm very well. How are you this morning? I'm very well indeed. Thank you very much. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? I started the removals when I was 23, so six years ago, at the tail end of 2016. So I've been in it for just over six years, the removals. I started off with one vehicle, rented a yard space. But prior to that, I've played rugby professionally for six years. So I'd played in a year in South Africa, four years in France, and then down in England. So I'd moved around quite a lot so I had seen a few removal companies internationally and um, locals so it was always kind of something I looked at so thereafter I started looking at the removals industry and if if it was something that I could do myself. So who did you play rugby for? I was in over in South Africa at Western Province under 19s in Stellenbosch they're a big factory of South African rugby players put over there straight out of school. And then I went to Perpignan in the south of France for two years and then Albi, which are just outside Toulouse, in for two years. And then I had loan stints with Bristol and London Irish and Rotherham before I started the removals. Was it injury that stopped your rugby career? No, quite frankly. It was just, well, I had a bad injury, but I was coming back from it. But I just kind of put off by rugby and kind of wasn't what I was wanting to do and in terms of like if I'm if I'm doing something I want to do it 100% and I realised that I probably wasn't becoming an international rugby player so if I can't do that I want to do something else that I can put 100% of my time and effort into and grow so that's why I stepped away from it. So what made you choose removals? It was more kind of right I'm quite physical I like speaking to people you're out and about it's hard graft I don't mind the hard graft and it's something I really looked at it and I looked online about the removals and what they were charging and then the storage aspect of it so I thought that's something that could suit me in terms of my personality and what I like doing so that's why I kind of looked at the removal side of it. So you started six years ago? Yeah. And what is the name of your company? It's Sterling Sinclair Removals. And what size of company are you? How many vehicles do you run? How many staff do you do storage? Yeah, so in that six years, I've got 12, 13 trucks and vans. So we've got six, seven Lutons, 
currently and we've got an 18 ton truck 15 ton and a seven and a half as well we've got an 18 ton that's off the road that we're selling and another couple that we're getting rid of because we're keeping it to a certain size but in that time i've purchased two other removal companies as well so their vehicles there's one and two of the other companies' vehicles within that fleet and storage wise do you do containerized yeah. storage or yeah. shipping container storage shipping containers storage? yeah i've got the other part of the company I part there, which Sterling Sinclair Removals Group, we've got 130 shipping containers outside for self-storage. Wow. And then in Edinburgh, I've got another 110. That's Edinburgh Self-Store. And then we call the other one Sterling Self-Storage, but they're all come under the SSR group. So you don't do the wooden containerized storage? We've rented a part of a warehouse that we do then, but we've only got 100 of the wooden containers, 250 cubic feet ones. I find it funny when people say, I only have 100. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, There's still quite a few a... containers at the end of the day. Yes, yeah, a lot. Um, we've just got plans as well. We've just bought more ground next to my sterling yard, and uh, we're about to expand. So I've got plans to put in another 100 containers at Stirling, and then I've got space at my yard in Edinburgh to put another 150. Are they the 20 foot or 40 foot? They're all 20 foot in Edinburgh, and they're mostly 20 foot in Stirling, as well as a couple 40 foots. But the 20 foot seem to be the most popular, as well as 10 foot as well. I've got 10 foot containers as well. So how have you found the last six years? Busy? Yeah. Because you would have joined the industry pre-COVID. Yeah. And then we had to go through COVID. And now we're hopefully outside of COVID. How have you found it? It's been a, a whirlwind. You know, a guy that's never done, I didn't even, I had no removals experience at all. When I first started, I bought a van. I looked at some videos online. <laughs> and how to stack a vehicle. Taught myself, learned myself, didn't have any experience whatsoever. So going from that, and then just having to basically learn like everybody does every day has been hard. But to think back that I had one van and a container, an old second-hand container that I rented to put my boxes and stuff in, to now having 14 trucks and vans and 260-odd shipping containers and your 100 created, it's pretty mad. Absolutely. COVID is actually, it's not that it was good for everybody else, but because of what came with COVID with the stamp duty, it actually propelled us again yeah. because it gave another big kick into the industry for house sales. And obviously we, in the removal industry, we work a lot off the house sales. So we were booming, which was we were one of the rare parts of the economy that was. Unfortunately, everybody else was struggling, but because of the house sales, we were snowed out with moves, turning away people. And that's when I had an option to buy another company and just because we needed the vehicles and the men to supply the demand. So what challenges have you had to overcome in these past six years? Obviously, COVID would have been one in the stamp duty. Anything else? I think it's a challenge every day, you know. You're expanding and you're looking to supply a standard of service, so a challenge every day is making sure that we've got the right staff for the job, we've got the right materials for the job, and it's keeping up with expectations of the clients like not it should be a struggle but it is because we want to make sure that we're giving the best possible service but also 
I've had to learn like you have your operator's license, your CPCs, your staff training, and these were all struggles because you're not got any experience from like a if you're going to a family business, then you know that because somebody can tell you had to learn all these things firsthand. So it was quite a struggle because it's not just the case you get a truck and you stick it on the road. You've got to have all the the foundations in place and and your six weekly checks, etc. So that was a big challenge. All these things that the public don't realise go on behind the scenes. Yeah, and the costs are quite expensive. And I remember I bought my first truck. It was twenty five, and an agency driver had brought in because my other driver ran out of hours. He drove it to the end of the road. I don't know what happened, but he turned it on its side and ripped the truck off. And um, for what I paid for it to what it was really worth, didn't really cover it. Luckily, the goods were all very well strapped inside. There was a minor few breakages, thankfully, but that was kind of a big one. That was, I lost 20 grand, plus another six grand I had to pay out additionals on insurances. So that was a big hit. And I suppose... A lot of guys that would have kind of stopped on there and they wouldn't have kept going, but it was kind of like a learning curve that, right, get over this and keep going, then you can kind of do anything and push on. Any other challenges from your past, your moving past? Obviously, you you came into the industry with like a blank sheet of paper. How to price a job. (laughs) (laughs) I think we did our first job. Got my dad to help me. I think it must have been... Yeah, it would have been easily 1,400 cube, and I think I charged 360 quid for it. So <laughs> Per hour, I hope. Yeah, the whole job, I think I had no idea how to price the job, so that you, again, learning really, really the hard way. Which is sometimes the best way to learn. Yeah, I learned that the time I paid my fuel, paid my dad, paid myself, there wasn't any money in the job. So you're kind of learning quickly, right, this is how charge for it and then I had to kind of then look online and look for advice on how you charge per cubic feet on distance on mileage you've got to put your fuel prices into it your staff hours your insurances that come into it so it's just a learning curve so that was a huge challenge when you're pricing side of it and you look back and you laugh because you think <laughs> how the hell was it make money it wasn't make money but uh Luckily, I kept knocking doors in industrial places and we started moving kitchens as well. That was a big side of the company and trying to help it grow because people don't know who you are. There's lots of good established removals companies out there, so I had to go knock and knocked a lot, a lot of doors. Industrial states saying, look, we can move your kitchens, we can do these, we can do anything, just to make sure we had regular work coming in at the time. It must be very difficult for a new company to just pop up when you've got so many established businesses around you. Certainly in the Edinburgh area and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it is. These guys are established. They're good companies. The ones that are there have been there for 50, 60 years plus. The West ones, and they've done a good job for a long time. So and that's what people know or their, their parents have moved with or even their grandparents have moved with. So it's it's hard to break, the, break that and break in, but it's doable. It's like in Stirling and Falkirk now, I'm quite easily the biggest company in those areas now and well known you just keep chapping doors and doing a good job and I think brand is a big thing as well so making sure you've got the right branding and which you can't you can't really fault on so it's very difficult but 
I suppose if it was easy, everybody would do it, wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. So what's your marketing strategy like at being as is it's still a relatively new business, six years, but what do you do marketing wise? Do you use social media a lot? Yeah, social media. I'm big on social media, Instagram. Obviously Instagram fills onto Facebook. We've obviously got our Google side of it. Google's you can't underestimate how as much as people don't want to say it, Google's very important. But word of mouth. Word of mouth been huge. We had a lot of clients that refer refer on to us and I'm quite big on LinkedIn. I found that post things that people want to hear and see and is relative and is truthful then people will come to you and I think every post I put up I get maybe two inquiries for storage or or removals Mm. because people are seeing it and liking it and when they like it they see it on their feed so uh, marketing yeah we do a lot on that and then websites we've worked a lot on the SEO and pumped a lot of money into making sure that the website's as good as possible that people use. And I really firmly believe that on my websites, I've got some of the best websites in the country for that, to make it as easy as possible for the user. So if you could change anything from your moving past, although it's only been six years, I keep reiterating that, it's still new yeah. to the industry, in my mind anyway. Yeah. What would it be? It's a hard one. What are the things I would change and? If you go back into the crystal ball, I've looked for more advice from removal companies earlier, but... Or maybe even go and work for a removal company, first of all. Yeah, go and work for them for Mm. six months, get your foot in the door, learn how to do things, maybe even ask if you can go to three months on hand and then three months in an office and then pick them up. See how people do things, how you organise things properly, how you do your maintenance sheets and how you plan a move and who you speak to and what analytics and what tools do you use to get customers in just to see how it's all done because it's once you're in there it's it's a minefield when you're in the office because logistics with a haulage company they can tell you it's two days late but with a removal company it's still logistics but it can't be two days it can't be a day late it's got to be done that day because the customer's got to be out the house by one o'clock you can't push that back a day so the pressure that's on these moves is far greater than any other parts of logistics. So seeing that first glance before going into it would have been quite nice, but at the same time, maybe I wouldn't have learned as much about myself and um, done as well if it wasn't for having to learn it firsthand. So what is your high point of being within the industry? Um, still early days, still very early days, but you must have had a high point or two by now. <laughs> yeah, um, probably require another company that was a competitor then that would probably be one of my highs and um and purchase my first piece of ground so to say that we own that and then put your containers in because then the development of that's endless because you own it so i think yeah maybe sorry i know it was one thing but maybe two things by purchasing another company and purchasing the land which has been able to give me growth and give the company growth. So the ground currently has the self-storage containers, like the shipping containers? Yes, yeah. Are there plans at all for a warehouse? Uh, Is that a long-term next, plan? Uh, yeah, there's, a plans, there's plans for a warehouse. I'm currently in talks with another company. They have a warehouse. So I'm either going to build one near me, I don't want to give too much away until it's sorted, or buy another company that currently has one. So, yeah. I think the more containers you've got, the better in terms of your 250 cubic feet ones. 
So I think the more you've got them, the easier it is for removals because some people do want the 20 foot shipping containers and putting there, but it's a lot more handballing off and handballing on and it's cheaper for storage for people, but then there's a higher risk of any damages happening there. So the warehouse is definitely something I'm looking at currently. Yeah, as you say, the, the, the shipping containers are, are great. Probably better for people to bring the goods to them and take the goods out of them and do yeah. the, the self-storage as such. But on a removal side, there is that fear of double handling. In yeah, our 100%. Way. So yeah, um, it could be damages and all sorts. Yeah, I mean, we do get people wanting them to go in there, but it's just then trying to reduce that risk. And then obviously man hours as well. Man hours are a big thing, so you've, you double the time. You've got to yeah. unload all that in there and the, you double the men's hours, you, the costume pay. Also, you're giving them less rest. So there is that, that thing as well. But it's trying to keep the customer happy because some customers want the shipping containers and some want the 250 cube containers indoors. So it's just trying to keep everybody happy. But the way definitely forward is the old school way of put them on the side of the truck in the containers and then get them offloaded with the pallet truck. Yeah, most definitely. So what one thing would you change within the removal industry? I think, um, I don't know, I'd try and make it more a career for people. Like make opportunities that it's, that you can go to leave school and go straight to there and there's something set up within the removal industry that you can do that as a job because I've got boys that who work for me and they love it and they weren't very good at school or whatever, but they love it. The sense of a team, like a sports team, you've got what they should have never had and um, they get really good tips, 100, 120 quid a week tips and good wages and overtime. So I think it's, I'd change it in the industry that it's make it something that people can go like to as a trade, recognise it as a kind of trade because it is a skilled job once you're on it. So if I could change that in the industry, I would or the right person could do that. It has been mentioned several times on the podcast uh, and people don't also realise just how many different careers you can take once you're in the removal industry. There's lots of different paths that you could take. Yeah. You just need to get your foot in there first and enjoy it. So what advice would you give to yourself just starting out in the industry again? Advice I'd give myself is go approach other removal companies and guys that have been in the trade for a long time. Go and ask them as many questions as you can because realising now that have been in it for only six years that these guys don't mind being asked questions. So basically find yourself a good mentor. Find yourself a good mentor, 100%. Yeah. That'd be a better way of saying it, yeah. Find yourself a good mentor and go and ask, just ask everyone, write down as much as you can, absorb as much as you can. I mean, that's what I would say if I could do it again. And then it maybe stop some of the mistakes that I made at the beginning and then um, would make everything more efficient and productive. And where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Let's start with yourself, Adam. Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, in five years, I would like to see my own warehouse and have the removal side of it. <laughs> Maybe one or two trucks bigger, but I want it just to be as efficient as possible. So just make sure it's the best possible standard removals, recognised removal company in Scotland for what it does, or even if you're just your area, and then have probably the biggest self-storage 
side of it as well. So, and it'd be a brand that everybody recognises. In five years, that's what I'd like. I'd like a brand that everybody recognises and and have the facilities to back up with what we say we're going to do. Would you like the facility of having your own self-storage warehouse with the self-storage rooms and various size rooms for two or three floors, that sort of thing? Would you like to go down that route at all? Yeah, I'd like to go down that route, but I'm very conscious with it at the minute because of... There's a lot of cost involved. Yeah, rates, electricity, the way the electricity is going at the minute. We don't have to turn the lights on for them. You can leave the lights off. Yeah, in a dark, <laughs> a dark room. Just give them a miner's lamp. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, uh, that'll go down well when they're falling over the boxes and the piano falls on top of them. Yeah, so I'm really I'm conscious of those the storage rooms. They are very good and um, it's a good, profitable business, but I don't know enough of the ins and outs of right, how much is your electricity costs? How much is your rates for these rooms? How are they rated? So I only know at the minute containers. That's all yep. I know at the moment. And uh, I haven't looked into the finer details, so it's hard for me to comment on the rooms at the minute. I'd like to. It looks good and it looks profitable, but I'd have to look into it first before I had a real idea. So I wouldn't think it'd be fair to say, right, well, they're good or they're not good because I haven't looked into it enough. So where do you see the industry in five years? Do you see any changes? I think there'll be a lot of changes in five years. I think we're going to have a huge staffing problem in the next five years. It's um, doing the job myself, and I'd like to be in the job as more, but you've got to be in the office making sure the company's making money. But the people are coming through now, even since I started. Removals is probably one of the hardest labouring jobs, if not the hardest labour job that's left, you know, because it's, it's the same as it was 100 years ago. It's not changed. And you go on scaffolding companies and building companies, you've got all these machines to help you out now to move some of the stuff. But removals, it's not. You're still picking up pianos up floors and big heavy units and using your ties and your straps. So, But people don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, young guys that come in, I bring in, they last a couple of weeks. And that's only going to get worse and worse. So I think that we're going to have real, real problems. Everybody's struggling with staffing issues, but the people want to do the hard labour. I, th- I think we're going to have a struggle with. Do you think it's the physical side of it or is it possibly the time? Because sometimes these jobs can go on late afternoon, early evenings due to late keys and stuff like that. Is it that people want more of a family life or is it literally the physical side? I think COVID's made people lazy as well, but the... Oh, definitely. I have to, I have to agree with that one most definitely. Yeah, it's not really helped people at all, but I think people think that, right, I've got a clock on at nine o'clock out at four o'clock. It's not realistic. Like removals, you could be 7.45, done at 3. You could be done at 6, done at 7, done at 2. It changes every time. People want that certain hour time. At least in an office job, you've got your 9 to 5, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you can't. I always say to guys at the start, don't expect that's going to happen. Because you could finish at any time, you know? So, I think it's the labour part. I've had guys in here, big, strong guys, 6 foot, well, I'm 6'6", six, six, but I've had guys that, like, as big as me and strong, and they've came in and they've gone, and I've got a guy that's came in at five foot six, but like a pen, you know, and uh, <laughs> and he's he's went all day strong, physical, and the guys, the other guy, the bigger guys, kind of blown out by the afternoon, can't do it, not interested, I ah, can't do it. And this guy will go every day, so people find it too hard. Some people, and they're not used to the labour. Any other changes in the industry? I think with the vehicles, I've got a few of them actually 
slowloaders and uh, I think obviously they've got big bodies who carry a big weight but I think at some point they're going to probably come in and say right these looting vans need to be classified as HEVs because of the amount of weight you're carrying so I think they'll probably come in the next five years and say look which it's a good thing and a bad thing because it gave me my foot in the door to be a removal company as I couldn't just come up with a CPC and ORI license but at the same time it might stop guys just buying a van and doing it the wrong way who are running vehicles with their own insurance no insurances at all and etc so it's a kind of a catch-22 there's definitely a place for these vehicles within the industry they just need to be used correctly yeah they need to be used correctly that's what i'd say and um, more advice on regulations or maybe even something as simple as if you're starting a removal company you have to be part of a body and those bodies then say this is what you can do and what you can't do so you can't just have a van and watch your insurance you've got right you don't have the right insurance you can't operate as a removal company if you're caught doing removal then you're fined for example so then it does give the guys who are starting out that foot in the door or the guys who just want to run looting vans their place in the market as well as the guys with the trucks but being part of body must be a, a must do because then you must follow the right protocols and if you don't then you can't run the companies i think that would solve a lot of issues you could be very right there you could be very right so what do you do outside of the industry to switch off i play rugby socially so i, I train three times a week what doing removals yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So I'd be finishing um, and going training in gym. I need that to switch off. But every morning as well before work at half six, I'll go for a run or a 45-minute hit in the gym just to get my head sorted for the morning. Um, I need that before you deal with customers demanding all sorts or (laughs) somebody not turning up in the morning because they've got the Monday blues or it just really helps me get my head in that right frame of mind. So, but yeah play rugby and it's a good release but at the same time it's a good um, networking tool yeah and finally i like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story yeah do you have one or more to tell hey funny ones um yeah there's been a few i suppose i think it's when i took a big job on i don't know if it's funny but do a job on and I really wanted this job. It was two and a half thousand cubic feet. I only had the one van. That's when I first started. And the guy said, how many vehicles you got? I said, ah, oh, I've got lots of vehicles. I can do the job. I didn't. I thought, right, I've taken this job on. He's paid his deposit. I said, right, how do I get this? How am I going to deal with this? So I went to, I went to Arnold Clark, hired another three looting vans, took all their stickers off the vans. <laughs> And I was out there till about 10 o'clock and I turned the stickers off. I then phoned up a company local and I got these big SSR logos made. And then I stuck all them on the vans. So suddenly <laughs> I had these three vehicles overnight that say the SSR on the side of them and the bumpers. The guys turned up in the morning. They were like, where did you get the vans from? I said, I didn't ask. <laughs> so I turned up in the day and the guys, oh, yeah, you've got a lot of vans. Said, yeah, 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 I got them all. And um, I suppose it was really bad snow and we'd been up... Uh, up in Orkterarder, which was outside Stirling, and it was like a foot deep of snow. And then they're getting all these vehicles loaded, and we were everyone stuck in the snow. 
and Daniel Clark are on the phone trying to get these vans back by five o'clock. <laughs> I've got there. Um, I couldn't get them back for another day, so then I had to pay another day rental on them. You can imagine the rental fees on them. So basically, then my guys are out till 10 o'clock at night trying to walk furniture down driveways in the snow. So, yeah, it ended up costing me to do the job about, cost me about five or six hundred quid by the time I got these vans back and paid. And then Arnold Clark were asking where the stickers went. I said, <laughs> I tried to tell them if the snow would take them all off and they just weren't having anything of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. That was six years ago. So, I don't think Arnold Clark can come back to me now and, <laughs> and say that, claim me for the stickers. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. All, all known to the customer on the day, I did have a fleet of vehicles at the time. I do now, but I didn't at that time. But from all he knew, and I won't name the customer that I did, <laughs> have a fleet of four, four looting vans. Oh, brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, that's it. It's not the funniest bit. It's, uh, <laughs> I suppose brilliant. lots of removal men and stuff will be able to quietly oh they'll relate to that one don't you relate worry. to that one i've done something there or slightly <laughs> exaggerated on on that part uh brilliant adam many thanks for giving up your time this morning to record an episode of moving matters with me i truly appreciate it thank you it's been a pleasure thanks very much and uh, thank you very much for your time I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 53 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Adam Sinclair of Sterling Sinclair Removals for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Adam. If you would like to know more about Sterling Sinclair Removals and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving.